Hello, Tabernacle family. I hope this significant update finds you well. Now, I use that language very deliberately because it's the same language that was first used back in mid-March when I stood in this very spot and uh, reported to you that we had made the decision that we needed to close the physical buildings down for the most part so that we might prioritize caring for the vulnerable among us, caring for our neighbors, and also protecting the medical establishment should the virus come raging into Richmond that they would be able to respond. We were clueless, were we not? I can remember and have even gone back to look at the live stream of the March 8th worship service. That's the last time that we were physically in this sanctuary altogether. And during, uh, just before the offering moment in the service, um, saying to you, we're not going to pass the plate today. The administrative board had made that decision just maybe the day before it or two days before it. And I, I looked at you all and I said from the pulpit with Jennifer Law standing beside me, she was about to pray the offertory prayer. So we're not going to pass the plate together everybody we're going to use our apps and and the box in the back of the sanctuary but just give us a couple of weeks and we'll figure it out now did i intentionally lie to you no i was just ignorant i had no idea and i don't think you did either but here we are five months later still standing let's hit fast forward two sundays ago the congregation gathered for a quarterly business meeting it is at that meeting that we had an opportunity to receive many, many reports in from key leadership of the church. And there is a central thread through all of those reports, which is that God has not only been good to us and resourced us, but God is clearly using us. On the heels of that church-wide meeting, the key leadership of the congregation was invited to participate in a two-hour virtual meeting. This would be last Tuesday, and we gathered. It was quite an experience. Uh, the first half of that meeting, I had an opportunity to share uh, some of the general themes that surfaced through the church-wide survey. Would you believe 156 people spent an average of 29 minutes each filling out that survey? Thank you. You have been heard. Uh, last Tuesday, um, leadership, and when I say leadership, I mean the deacon board was invited, the administrative board of the church was invited, personnel committee members were invited, um, key spiritual leadership, meaning Sunday school teachers and small group leaders that have been in positions for a long time. Of course, the staff, and then you add on top of that, the worship coordination team uh, that has been facilitating worship through all of the pandemic. And then anybody else that wanted to participate, I said at the business meeting, just let us know you're welcome. We gathered together last Tuesday night for two hours. I shared some of the general results. We looked through the analytics, meaning we looked through the way different people are engaging in what's being shared virtually um, on the internet, and then shared some observations that the pastoral staff had made as we've started praying about and thinking about the fall, but with the understanding that it wasn't our decision to make as far as how we move into the fall season. We needed consensus from key leadership. And so, whereas at the beginning of the pandemic, when we were in triage mode, um, a very small group of leaders had to make some very quick decisions, and inevitably we will de debate as to whether or not those decisions were the right decisions. Hindsight will tell. Uh, we know that as Baptists, it's critical that all of us gather together and make decisions together. And so we, as a collective body of key leaders last week, met and we reached a general consensus, created a framework that I'm about to share with you that's going to carry us through all but the last two weeks of this calendar year. The consensus that we made 
gives us a general structure for how we want to move forward into the season so that in turn, you, the entire congregation, Veteran Church and others that literally just arrived can come together and discern where we are feeling called to engage in discipleship and mission and fellowship and worship together. So with that said, let me just launch in out of respect for your time. One, as I've already shared with you, but I want to be very specific, when we say we reached a consensus as key leadership, it includes um, a, a large circle of people that are in those groups that I mentioned a second ago alongside the staff, um, decided that we needed to make a decision that would carry us through a long stretch of time. Why is that? Why is it that we're saying that the decision that we're making now is going to hold strong and true through the end of the Advent season, which effectively means the remainder of this calendar year up until Christmas week and the week that follows Christmas week? Because we want to invest our time and energy wisely and well. If we are in reactionary mode because we're constantly changing the larger structure, it just perpetuates and creates confusion at a time in life where so many of us are having a hard time finding our bearings. And it also makes it nearly impossible for us to gather lay leadership together and actually not only make decisions together, but then implement on the other side. And so the decision that we've reached in this consensus is going to carry us through the remainder of the Advent season. Two. We want to prioritize um, spiritual formation, discipleship, and mission, community, and world engagement. Does that mean that our other two core values are being diminished? No. Those would be fellowship and worship. We're just simply acknowledging that it is critical that we try to find balance. In years past, recent years past, we've seen a heavier and heavier emphasis on worship and fellowship to the point that we have diminished, we think, uh, the roles of discipleship and mission. And if, it's, if anything's clear in hearing your voices in the survey and in personal and pastoral conversations, it's that there is a collective sense that the church should be engaged in our community at this time where our community and world are hurting so much and there's so much divisiveness in the world. And two, there is a holy longing for connection with each other through the gift that Christ gives us and the common foundation that we stand on, which is his love, discipleship, in other words. And so we're going to, from September forward through the end of the Advent season, put a lot of time and energy into these two core values, while at the same time foster and try to nurture worship and fellowship, our other two core values, as much as we can. But unapologetically, discipleship and mission is where we want to focus our corporate energy. Therefore, we're going to see to it that we reserve enough resources and time and energy to do those things and do them well. Two, rhythm is important. When we look at the Genesis story, the, the creation stories, there are two of them, one in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, what we see as far as a thread that helps kind of bind those stories together is God creating something that God is madly in love with, but also that there is a rhyme and a reason to the rhythm of all of this. The pinnacle of creation is not the moment that we came along as humanity. The pinnacle is Sabbath. At a time where so many of us have lost our bearings, at a time when so many of us lack structure, we are saying it is very important that we establish a rhythm of life together as Christ followers. 
by a reprioritizing of Sundays, the Sabbath day. This is what we mean by that. One, Sunday mornings are the time that we want to encourage as many people as possible to gather together for corporate worship, period. Will we offer the corporate worship time at other times, meaning take the live stream and share it? Of course we will. There are, um, there are people that can't engage with us for all kinds of practical reasons that are in different time zones or even work schedules or even just life schedules, having young children and Sunday mornings just aren't possible. But we are saying that we are prioritizing the Sabbath day as it relates to corporate worship by encouraging people to really engage and participate in it. But two, when we say come together for worship, we mean virtually. We have made a decision as key leadership of the church that we will not be physically gathering in the sanctuary for worship. There are many, many reasons for that. We're going to have a town hall meeting in the near future to talk through the survey results in that section of the survey, and we'll get into it more there. But the long story short is the iteration of worship that we would be doing would be incredibly awkward and unsafe and would take a ridiculous amount of time trying to pull off. And we don't think that we can do it well. And if we were to try to do it well, even though we don't think we could do it well with the restrictions currently in place and safety issues that surface, it would essentially tie our hands as it relates to discipleship opportunities and just as important missional engagement in our community and world. And so we're going to create a, a worship service that effectively becomes a shortened worship service that lasts for about half hour a short worship service with a high prioritization of participatory worship, which is our understanding of what it means to worship. It means lots of engagement from people leading and sharing um, vulnerably and transparently in that time period together. But it means, it means removing the sermon component and putting the sermon out there before the service starts where you could choose to engage in it before you show up for worship or watch it after the fact. Interesting enough, in some ways, true to Baptist form, we are prioritizing the sermon by removing it from this time. The analytics tell us that the average person that watches uh, our live stream or some of the video content we're putting out there watches about 23 minutes of the hour and 15 to up to an hour and a half of content that we put out there. Think about that, 23 minutes. We know that it's just not possible for people to sit and hit play and watch something and remain engaged in it. Some of you can, but the vast majority clearly are struggling with that. So we're gonna create a shortened worship service that we all gather together for, and we would consider that the first portion of worship. The second portion of worship becomes a much more malleable, flexible thing at a time when we need more flexibility and we need more agility. Now, what do I mean by that? This is where the second part of this comes in for the Sabbath day. We're creating something that we're currently calling tab circles. These are circles of individuals that are going to very deliberately live life together with between now and the foreseeable future, at least through the end of the Advent season, in many cases for longer. Some of these groups are going to be groups that choose to physically gather together in backyards, physically gather together in a living room, physically, maybe in some cases, even gather here in our church facilities. When those groups gather together, they will be groups that could communally uh, watch the sermon together and then converse with each other on the other side of it. 
some of the other components that we may remove from the first section of worship would also be shared alongside that sermon. It could feel like a worship service when the people gather together. It could end up being a Bible study that's built on the same scriptural theme that we're in on the Sabbath day and the week that follows it. It could be watching testimonies that people have shared in the life of the church that people could watch and in turn testify with each other about how God has touched their lives in this particular realm that we're, that we're in scripturally for the day. In other words, sky is the limit. It completely would fall on the leadership of the tab circle that is choosing to meet. When do those groups meet? Some of them are going to choose to meet Sunday morning in that traditional Sunday school hour. Some of them at a ridiculous hour before the sun even comes up, totally up to the group. Some will choose to gather together on the Sabbath day after the corporate worship moment, be it in the church building, be it in a living room or a backyard, or be it just totally virtually. I wanted to make that very clear, that there is no set structure for what these groups look like. Some of them are going to be um, hybrids where the majority of the group or a small portion of the group, doesn't matter, are physically together, but everybody else is there virtually. Some groups will be virtual only. And there may be on rare occasion groups that only choose to um, have people that are physically present. That's going to be up to the group. The staff's commitment is to resource well and to follow up um, and asking how can, we, how can we guide, how can we help walk with you. The idea is also that children in turn would be cared for and nurtured spiritually in those circles by Jerusha and children's team members um, equipping them. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of that today because we don't have any yet. The, there needs to be a group of people that rise up in the church that say we want to help figure this out alongside the children's team in Jerusha. But the circles would consist of people that feel comfortable being together physically in most cases, but not in all cases, and children would be part of that equation. So some of these groups may even choose to meet on Sunday night. The sky's the limit, but these spiritual, um, these spiritual formation groups that we're calling tab circles, we're asking to make a commitment to participate in life together at some time on Sundays. We're going to leave it vague for now, but that's what it looks like. And so a shortened, so to summarize, a shortened worship service that is shared only online and in turn tab circles that meet at some point during the day. Think of it as your trusted small circle where you all are a little bit more comfortable being around each other in physical proximity than you would be with some other group. And in other cases, we know some of you from the survey or you've told us yourselves, there's no way you're going near anybody physically for the foreseeable future because you work with a vulnerable population or you feel that you yourself are vulnerable or a family member is. And you need to know this works in that structure because it is so flexible. Now, um, we are looking at beginning this in early September. And so that means that in the near future, you should begin looking for sign-up opportunities. And in the very near future, you should, um, you should just do the best you can to stay posted. We're going to be asking for active engagement, meaning we need you to be praying about this and thinking about it and your level of involve, involvement with it as it relates to leadership. I want to say that if you are somebody that is watching this video and you live countries and countries away, like on the other side of the ocean, or you're somebody that lives in another state, or even if you're a member of a sister congregation right here in the city of Richmond, there is room for you in this structure very intentionally, and we're excited about your participation in it, and we want you to be praying about it, and that includes praying about whether or not you would be interested in taking a leadership role in some capacity. 
what does the rest of the structured week look like? Well, it looks pretty unstructured. One, we know that on a weekly basis, we're going to create a moment right here in the sanctuary where people will be able to physically gather together and they will have the opportunity to do one of two things depending on what week it is. It would always be in the same time slot. We don't know what time slot that is. Uh, there's a possibility that it's a weeknight um, after people have eaten dinner in their own homes. There's a possibility it would be then. We don't really know. We know that we would live stream it or certainly share the recording after the fact. But what we're currently thinking is one week, it would just be quiet reflection in the sanctuary where we would not be doing a lot of talking. Uh, maybe a, a verse would be read out loud or Lectio Divina or something that's projected on the screen probably live instrumental music, but people would just simply come and sit in silence in the sanctuary and pray together and pray for discernment. Uh, we know we don't have all the answers, but we, we serve a God that does have the answer as to how it is that we've been wired to meet the world's needs. And so we want to create quiet space where people can come in the sanctuary. Would there be a nursery? Not likely. Uh, we would be, in all likelihood, asking you, um, parents of children, that you don't feel like could sit in that kind of environment to find somebody in your trusted circle uh, and have them watch the children, somebody to come to the house and sit after the kids go to bed or put the kids to bed or maybe even somebody in your tab circle that you're comfortable with uh, being in physical proximity with um, helping. But there would not be child care for that because it creates a tremendous logistical challenge, at least at the beginnings of all of this. The alternate week would be some kind of creative something where we would find an opportunity to take some of the instrumental musicians that we have in the life of the church to maybe share their testimonies while we're also hearing music. Uh, we're envisioning watching a film, you know, short documentaries here in the room together, um, creative scripture readings, all kinds of things, but it's something very simple again where people would come in in a designated door, sit quietly in the designated sections, you know, all this is very logistical, and then head home right after that's over. But we're looking at building that into the weekly rhythm, but we can't tell you when it's gonna be yet because everything is connected to something else and we need lay leadership to engage to figure out what the specifics might look like. We also, lastly, are looking at introducing some discipleship groups um, and also some uh, some very intense discipleship groups called huddles that would meet at a designated at different designated times any time during the week. Some groups may choose to meet midday, some at the crack of dawn, some at a ridiculous hour late at night. And the idea being that if you just want to go a little bit deeper, or if you want to if you want to talk about a specific topic, maybe we'll spend several weeks talking about. Um, talking about marriage enrichment. I'll use that as an example. We're gonna try, we're gonna do everything in our power to try to make space for those things to happen at some point during the week. But again, there's, there's only but so much time and energy because it's gonna require a heavy level of lay leadership being engaged in this and feeling called to it. So that's why we can't give you specifics yet because we're looking to the church to say, what do you hear God saying? Um, and then we'll go from there. So that's the general idea of spiritual formation over the course of these next several months. None of this is ramping up in the remainder of this calendar month. We're looking at post-Labor Day for all of that to begin, and that would include the new worship schedule. Um, now, the other major front mission, I'm not going to go into a lot of specifics here um, other than to say this. We are 100% convinced that God is at work through the gift of community ministry at Tabernacle Baptist Church 
and we feel like we need to be pouring as much energy as we can there because it is ultimately that relational model of looking to our neighbors and making the assumption that in offering hospitality and people showing up from different walks of life that we all walk away transformed. That's sound familiar. We've been talking about that a lot lately, that we're all ultimately going to find ourselves um, wandering in wilderness very deliberately together. So community ministry is not going anywhere. From the staff perspective, we feel like there's room for one other big thing uh, as far as missional engagement and probably not anything beyond that. Years ago, Tabernacle, uh, we were going through a crisis of kind of trying to be all things to all people and we were just burning out left and right. And under the good guidance of Kim Siegenthaler, many of you will remember, we honed in to say these are five things that we're gonna do really well over the next five years, but, but corporately we're not gonna pick anything else up beyond these five things for the next five years so that what we do, we do very well and very intentionally, which means very much relationally. And so um, tomorrow night there is a very big meeting uh, that would be Tuesday, what, August the 4th. Um, we're going to gather together in a virtual meeting and discuss education. There are a lot of folks that think that this may be the other big thing. Uh, we're not sure, but in the very near future, we're gonna need to determine what the other big thing is and reach a consensus as a congregation and then start asking people, where do you feel God is calling you in either or both of these realms. And so we've got a big next two or three weeks ahead of us as we make some big decisions together, or I would, I would say it better, I, I would say that we have some serious discerning to do as God reveals to us what it is that we're being called to. And uh, we're excited about that. A couple more other very brief things and then I'm gonna wrap this up. One, as promised, we are going to share 100% of the survey results with the entire congregation. The way we plan on doing this is um, effectively taking the major headings that were represented there in that survey, and we're going to carve out a series of evenings, um, and we're essentially going to, to share the results of this one area of the survey in their entirety, and then we're going to spend some time talking and praying about it. Some of these things that we're going to share are just going to be observations that don't require any decisions that need to be made on the other side. Um, and we're just going to pray very deliberately. But some of them very specifically involve uh, decisions that need to be made through the consensus process. And first and foremost, that would be co the covenant. The summer covenant was meant to be a temporary experiment, a summer-long experiment, essentially saying, how do we physically gather together when we gather together? We as a congregation need to evaluate. Um, I know some of you have challenged the way that we went about making that decision. I regret that we didn't think about this earlier than we did. Uh, one of the few kind of panic moments that I've had as pastor of this church over the last five months is the realization that some of the groups in the church were already starting to gather together, and it was very clear that people were experiencing, um, I don't know what word to use, I don't want to be too dramatic, uh, trauma is too strong, but um, just kind of visceral reactions. On the other side of encountering each other, it was very clear that we aren't all on the same page. So what some would consider common courtesy, others would consider something that's not even optional for one reason or the other. And we created that summer covenant as a pastoral staff because it was very, very clear to us we need to establish a rule and rhythm to the summer. But the promise was in adopting this for the summer, it's very clear that we need to do this 
all together as a congregation. You can't really call it a covenant if it's not everybody doing it together. So uh, very soon we'll be promoting um, an evening meeting where we share the results on, this, on the covenant and we begin working toward it because September can't happen until we figure out a common understanding, a common true covenant about how we're going to physically gather together. What is mandatory versus recommended uh, would be um, a critical crossroads that we will find ourselves in. And so you can anticipate that conversation in the near future. You can anticipate a conversation on race that is just the beginning of many, many conversations as we share the results. But I want you to know that if any of you want to see all of the results um, before you have a chance to step into those meetings, all you've got to do is reach out to the pastoral staff and we will send you a link and you can do that. It is overwhelming because again, 156 people spent an average of 29 minutes on it. It takes a long time to pour through it and it's somewhat overwhelming. So we think that there's some wisdom in delving it out in sections, but if you want to see all of it in entirety, just ask. And we'll be more than happy to share that with anybody that calls this place home in any capacity. We want to be transparent, no secrets, no surprises. Last but not least, let me say this. Uh, I, and I know you expect me to say this, but I mean it. I'm excited about our future together. I know this is hard, and I know the grief that we're experiencing collectively is real. And I know the grief and anxiety that we're living with individually and also with our individual families is real. But you need to hear me say that I believe to the depths of my being that God is walking with us. I believe to the depths of my being that God isn't finished with us by a long shot. And equally, I believe in the depths of my being that in many ways, God is just getting started. I believe that we are being transformed. And whereas none of us have any idea what that transformation is gonna look like, we know that the gift of hindsight and looking backwards is that when we pause long enough to look back at where God has brought us from, Inevitably, it gives us the strength that we need as we move forward into the unknown. A pillar of fire by night, a cloud by day. That's the significant update. I hope that this has been informational. I hope it's been helpful to you. I'm eager to see you engaged in any way that you choose to be engaged in the dialogues that we have coming in the days and weeks to come. We've got some big decisions to discern through together. And let's all collectively pray that God will not only give us a spirit of unity as we try to reach consensus and move forward, but also that God would reveal to us the resources, the giftedness that is very much needed for us to step into those callings as we discern them together. Love you, church. Look forward to seeing you soon. Blessings. <laughs>